blessing. I appreciate that. Go ahead and take your Bibles. Mark chapter 13. I'm going to try not to keep you too long today, mostly because I'm hungry. I don't know about you all. You ever you ever been there in church before where you're just sitting there and your stomach's just rumbling like crazy and you're just sitting there and you're praying, you're praying nobody hears it. And it's just... Uh, you, you, that's the nice thing about now being behind the pulpit. Usually people can't hear it. And uh, usually I go down there after Sunday school and get something, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to miss LMA's monkey bread in time. I went a little too long in Sunday school. But uh, I think there's more down there if you'd like some after church, but um, you're going to have to beat me to it. But at the same time, uh, this might help me speed things up a little bit. But uh, I, I enjoy, I just enjoy preaching. And I don't know if folks always enjoy listening. Uh, but I enjoy I enjoy preaching. I, I love doing it, and so I got to make sure that I don't have too much fun because uh, you know you all don't have that much time, and uh, you know you're all busy, and I don't want to I don't want to keep you too long. But uh, Mark chapter thirteen, title of my message this morning is the Master of the House cometh. Mark chapter thirteen verse thirty four. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house. And gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you'll uh, be in this message today, Lord. We just I pray that you'll speak to hearts, Lord. I just pray that uh, we will all be ready for your coming, Lord. That we'll be uh, doing what we're supposed to do, and we'll be prepared when that day comes. In your name, we pray. Amen. The return of the Master. So we believe, Lord, He's coming. He's coming. I believe He's coming soon. But uh, one thing I don't know is when. No man knows the day or the hour when the Lord's coming. We have no idea. When Christ is going to return, He's going to come as a thief. There's a lot of people that they've tried to figure it out, and they've tried to, uh, you know, kind of come up with dates and things. We see that happening all the time, and they think that they figured out when the Lord's going to come. And listen, if God tried to, is trying to keep something from us, He's going to succeed in that. Okay, we're not smarter than God. We're not going to, we're not going to figure Him out. He says, no man knows the day or the hour. He's going to come as a thief. A lot of people say, well, there's signs that point to it, you know, and there, and there's signs that remind us we're in the end times. I'm not saying that. But a thief, he doesn't give you any evidence that he's coming. A thief doesn't, you know, he doesn't call you up and say, hey, this week, uh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be coming by, uh, when you're at least expecting it. He doesn't do that. He doesn't warn you in that way. Uh, he doesn't go and pick one house in the neighborhood one night, and then the next night the next house, and the next night the next house, because then, by that fourth night, they're gonna be ready. And when the Lord comes, uh, we don't know when that's going to be. But He's told us that we all need to be ready for it. He's told us to prepare. And He gives us a little parable here. And He gives an example about a man uh, who was a master of a house, who uh, more than likely owned this, this great house, a large house, who had a lot of servants that needed to stay and they needed to take care of that place. He's like, I'm going on a long journey. And he had given them, of course, to keep the house, some responsibilities. He probably told them, you know, I want you to keep the lawn mowed and I want you to keep everything dusted. I want the house to be clean. And I don't know, I'm speculating here, this is just a parable that Jesus told, but I can just picture these folks 
they're there and they're doing the work every day. They're they're mowing the grass. Our master will be coming home any day. We want to do a good job. We want everything to look just the way he wants it when he returns. But then, I don't know, maybe a month passes by, maybe two or three months, and they're like, ah, you know, we don't need to do some of these things every day. He's probably not coming back today. You know, let's start. You know, we'll mow the grass every other week just to save us some work. Because if the master's not here, who cares if the place looks great, right? Plus, who cares if it if it's fine? And then maybe a year goes by and he still isn't back. It's been a year. You know, it's, we're going to do kind of like like I do uh, when my wife's gone. Every year she goes away for volleyball camp for a week, and there was one year I thought I'm going to keep the house clean the whole week she's gone. And every day, boy, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning, I'm trying to do my best, and the kids just kept messing it up just as fast as I clean it up. So finally, the next year, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not even going to worry about it the whole week. I'll just take care of it when she comes back. And uh, it didn't work out too good this year, but the first year I kind of got away with it. When she got back, the house looked pretty good, but the rest of that week, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. But you know what? I could get away with that because I knew when she was going to be coming. And uh, this last year, I knew when she was going to be coming, but you know, I got busy with other things and just I wasn't expecting, didn't have the time. And when the coming of the wife came home, you know, what, it, she didn't appreciate. She didn't appreciate it, and uh, probably for good reason. But you know, what, and that maybe that's what they did. They're like, you know, you know, who really cares? And I know, I know, in the parable, I just picture the master of the house coming home and. The reeds and the grass are all overgrown. Every everything he goes inside the house and the place is a mess. Maybe they just had a party the night before, like, you know, the master's gone. Let's just use the house for ourselves. Let's do what we want to do with this house. I know it belongs to him, but he's given us certain authority to to use this place. We've been living here, we've been sleeping here. Let's and maybe they just they destroy the place and when he got home, maybe it was early in the morning, they were all asleep. Not doing any work. Not doing the work that He had been paying them to do. Not doing the work that He had commissioned them to do. And I believe that that same thing is going to happen spiritually to many people when the Lord returns. It's been a long time since Jesus ascended into heaven. It was a long time ago. It was 2,000 years ago almost when Jesus ascended into heaven and those folks they were standing up there gazing into heaven and the angel told them, our Lord, He's going to come again in like manner as ye have seen Him go into heaven. But it's been a long time. It's been almost 2,000 years. But I'm here to tell you, He's going to come, but there's going to be a lot of folks. They're not ready. They're saved. They're, they're His children. But you know, God has given us some responsibilities and things that He wants us to do as a Christian. He and people are not going to be ready for it when that day comes. And I know it's been a long time, but it's coming. That's one thing we know. His return is coming. There's a few things about His return. His return, when He does come, it's going to be sudden. Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I come quickly. We don't, we're in danger if, we don't, if we're not ready for His coming that we can lose some of the rewards that God has for us. There's one crown specifically that God is going to give us on Judgment Day. A crown for those who love His appearing. In other words, for those who are ready for it. Who, I mean, think, think about this. I mean, what would you do today? What would you do in your life today if you knew that the Lord is going to return tomorrow? 
How would you live? How would you live today? What would you be doing? The truth is, we ought to live every day that way. Like the Lord could come back that day. And if we're and there's certain things, listen, I guarantee you, if folks knew that the Lord was going to return today, they would all be in church today. But you know what? Those of you, you're here today, even though you don't know. You know why? Because you want to be ready. That's what God's looking for. Those who are living, I mean, there's things that a lot of people would probably get out of their life if they knew that the Lord was going to return today. But there are folks who are already doing those things. Those who love His appearing. His return is going to be sudden. We need to be ready for it. I remember when I was a kid, we lived out in the country. We had this real long driveway, and we were thankful for it because, you know, living in a pastor's home, too. We had folks that would pretty regularly stop by the house when you weren't expecting it. And I remember sometimes, you know, the house would be a little bit of a mess. And I remember my bedroom, it was right by the living room, and all of a sudden we'd see a car come down the driveway. Clean the house! That meant, that was code for throw everything in Tommy's room. And then, I mean, it did. We'd just, we'd pile everything in there. The house would look great when folks come walking in. And weren't ready. And, you know, and sometimes it's still kind of almost instinctive that when you, when somebody just shows up at your house, maybe like the pastor just shows up at your house, you know, that's the first thing you think. Oh, you know, I, I gotta get everything, I gotta get everything cleaned up. E- even if it's already clean, it's just kind of instinctive. And then when you're, and maybe your house is clean, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I don't need to do anything. That's a good feeling. It's a, it's a good feeling. And the truth is, when the Lord returns, it's gonna be sudden, and we ought to always be ready for it. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 7, he says it again, he said, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. He says, I come quickly. We're not gonna have time to prepare for it after the fact. It's gonna come. It's gonna happen so fast that there's really nothing we can do. That his return, it's going to be silent. First Thessalonians chapter five, in verse two. First Thessalonians five, verse two. I know there's going to be a trumpet that's going to be there. There's going to be a shout. But it says, "For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night." There's going to be a shout. There's going to be a trumpet that's going to be a sound. But before that, before that noise. There's nothing. It's it's silent. It's not something that we can it's not something we can listen for. It's just it's that fast it's gonna happen. And I believe that that return is gonna be soon. The Apostle Paul was looking for it. John, after he wrote the book of Revelation, he said, Even so, come Lord. I mean they have been looking for the coming of Christ since the days of the apostles, and we're still waiting for it. And I believe it's gonna be soon. Based on what? Ah, I just believe it. I'm just trying to be ready for it every day. I believe that return, it could come at any time. Because one thing I do know, while I don't know the day, while it could be, we could be a couple hundred years away, I do know that that return is sure. Revelation 22.7, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And then also verse 20 says, He which testifieth these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I mean, he said it over and over again. He's going to come. Jesus said it. The angel said it. God said it. God's word says it. It's going to happen. I just, I just don't know when. None of us know when that day is going to be. And we've got to make sure we're ready. Because this parable that we read in Mark, that house that he's talking about, once again, this is a parable. He's not talking about an actual house or a physical building, but he's talking about this house right here. This temple. We are the temple. 
of God. He wants us to. He's, when God talks about that, or, uh, when Jesus was talking about the house, He's referring to our lives. Did you know that God has given us authority over our own lives in a sense? It would be just like if I were to hand you the keys to my car and say, "Here, it's still my car. It's still in my name, but here, you can use it." Well, you could take that car, and I might give you some things. I might tell you, you know, don't drive like a maniac on it. You know, don't. Uh, I might, I might give you some rules and requirements, but then you can take that and you can use it. It's you have control. You're the one steering it. You're, but you could also take that and you can misuse it. You could run it into a ditch. You can hot rod it. You could roll it. There's all kinds of things uh, that you could do wrong with it. And our lives are the same way. We didn't give ourselves life. God, it was God that gave us life. And God has given us this life and He's given us some things that He wants us to do. There's things that He doesn't want us to do with this life He's given us. And He has the authority to do that. He's God. And He's told us to do some things and we should not do anything with this life and with our body that God wouldn't want us to do. It belongs to Him. We're not, we are not our own. 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 19. Paul says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Paul said this like, You didn't, you didn't know this? This wasn't, this wasn't obvious? Your body is the temple of God. We don't, there is no temple in Jerusalem anymore. It's gone. It's been destroyed. The temple, God does not dwell in a physical temple or in a building somewhere in Jerusalem today. He dwells in the hearts and lives of His people. And this body that we have, it's His temple. We are not our own. Verse 20 says, "...for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." Because we do not belong to ourselves, because we belong to God, we ought to glorify God in our body. And we do that by being obedient, by following His commands, by following what His Word says to do. Our, our life is just that. We get this attitude, oh, it's my life. I can do what I want. No, the life you have was given to you. It's a gift from God. Your body that you have. It's my body. Some teenager comes home and they got some new piercing in some weird spot on their face or something. It's my body. I can do what I want. No, your body belongs to God. It's the temple of God. We shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be destroying those things. One thing that uh, I've seen a lot, you know, uh, Brother Anderson, he could uh, he could back me up on this. He's in the real estate business. Uh, when we've looked in a house in the past, we looked at a lot of places that people rented that they just destroyed the place, and it just it aggravates me. It's like that's not your house. They're allowing you to live there. Yes, you're paying them, but you do not have the right to go and destroy the place. We went and looked at one house and we really liked it, but these people had destroyed it. On the outside, it was beautiful. We go inside, the people just destroyed it. It looked like they'd thrown a bowling ball through the wall. I mean, there was animal evidence all over the place. The house we're trying to buy now, same thing. The guy apparently owned it, but find out though, you know, it's actually the one who holds the mortgage that owns it. Bank, if you don't pay your bills, uh, you can find out who owns it real quick. Just destroy the place. You have no right to do that. It's not yours. You ought to take care of it. And you don't have the right to go destroying your body. Go, it's my body. If I want to go and if 
I want to take drugs, I should have that right as long as I don't hurt anybody else. No, you don't. Your body belongs to God. He may want to use you in some way. And if you've burnt your brains out on drugs or whatever, then you're destroying a temple that does not belong to you. I tell young people this all the time. You only get one body. That's it. This one that you have right now was the one that you're stuck with for the rest of your life. So you might want to think about taking care of it. You might want to be careful what you're getting involved in. Because we've only got we've only got one. And the truth is it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. And what's important when it comes to our life is what God finds when He returns. What's God going to find when He returns? With these folks, He found them sleeping. You know that that's where we're at in America today. I believe there's many people that I, I believe if all the saved people were in churches today, churches would all be full. But you know what's happened? Many saved people on their way to heaven, they're asleep right now. Eh, I don't really see the importance of the house of God right now. I don't really see the importance of living a godly life right now. What what does it matter? Look how messed up the world's getting. There's nothing we can do about it. Listen, we see in the Bible the world's going to be pretty messed up when the Lord returns. And it's it's going to be like that. The truth is though, I want to be ready though. When He returns, I don't want to be doing what the rest of the world's doing. I want to be doing what He wants me to do. I don't want to be caught sleeping on the job. Can you imagine? I've never been caught sleeping on the job. Thankfully, that would be a pretty awkward situation. I have been caught maybe goofing off on the job before. Maybe staying there in a group talking. We've all probably been there before. I remember when I when I worked at the distribution center at Walmart. It was the end of the day, and a lot of times folks would start to congregate. You know, they would find these corners in the building. You know, where you weren't you probably wouldn't be seen. You'd see them all just there talking. And one day I saw a group of them. I thought I'll teach them a lesson. I went. And I, I went and I called the phone. That was over there, and I pretended I was one of the bosses and told him to get told him to get back to work. And it was so funny because I, I remember I kind of went driving over there, trying to act like nothing's going on, and and they're and they're all working, but they're all looking around because they had a feeling somebody had pulled a prank on them, but they weren't sure. And uh, and then finally, you know, one of one of them just you know they're all working, and one of them looks at me. It's like, is that you that called? And I couldn't help but I started laughing. I, I thought you know I, I I lost it, but it was just funny the way they all kind of scattered. You know why? Because they weren't ready for the boss to show up. They were. They weren't sleeping on the job, but they were slacking off. And I believe that that's going to be a lot of folks when the Lord comes. You know, it's like we think that He doesn't see what's going on, and we think, well, you know, we've kind of got a broom in our hand or something. That way, if all of a sudden He shows up, we can pretend that we're sweeping up the floor. We can pretend that we're doing something, and that's what folks are going to be doing when the Lord returns. And it's going to be too late. If you're slacking off when He comes, you're not going to have time to get things right. You're not going to have time to get busy. The things that you've been wanting to do for Christ and maybe you've been planning on doing in the future, He's not going to say He's not going to give you a month's notice. He's not going to give you not even a day's notice. It's just going to happen. And what you're doing when He returns is what you're going to be accountable for on Judgment Day. It's going to be too late to change anything. But there are many jobs that have been probably left undone. I believe there's jobs that we are leaving undone. One of those is that great commission, the last command that Jesus gave before He left this earth. Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. I believe we're falling asleep 
on the job in that area in this country. We got folks that are, uh, you know, whole nations and cultures of people that don't even know the name of Jesus Christ. We've got to get, we've got to get busy. We've got to do what we can do to get the gospel to them. We need to send missionaries to those places. We've got, we've got to do what we can. People in our own areas. I mean, it breaks my heart. Just even some of the children that I've talked in this area, the ones we've had come to this church and how little they know about Jesus Christ in America. I mean, we were, we were founded as a Christian nation and that's rapidly leaving our culture and we are falling asleep on the job in that area. We've got to be getting the Gospel out. We've got to be winning souls to Christ. We need to be teaching new believers and helping them to grow. He said also, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Listen, we ought to always as a church be teaching the Word of God, teaching godliness, trying to add things to our faith. We ought to always be trying to find what more we can do instead of trying to find loopholes in the Bible for how we can get out of things. We need to be trying to do more. We want to be ready when He comes. These folks, they weren't ready. The problem was is they weren't watching for Him. They weren't they weren't watching for Him. You know, there's they they were asleep. There's really two times that we kind of, that we kind of watch. We watch maybe when we're anxiously awaiting. Maybe uh, for example, on the job, maybe you've been working on something. And you, you know you've done a really good job, and maybe you're just you're, you can't wait for the boss to come by and see the job that you've done because you know he's going to be pleased, and you're looking for the boss. Man, I can't wait till he sees this. But then there's other times though, maybe where you haven't done such a good job, and you're watching because you're thinking, man, I hope the boss doesn't come walking up right now, not until I get this mess cleaned up, or I'm going to be in big trouble. I'll pray, kids, same thing. Kids, you know, maybe they've when they've done something good, just. Uh, yesterday, the kids they all cleaned up different rooms in the house, and they were all anxious for me to come and look and see which one was the best. And they were ready. You know, they're following me around because they knew they did a good job, and they wanted me to see it. But there's been other times I'm gonna go look in your room, and they want to hide <laughs> because they know that they're not ready for that inspection. They're not ready for that, and that's where many people are today. Is there some are watching? They're waiting. They're, hey, Lord, I'm doing what you want me to do. Lord, hey, uh, Lord, I, I want your return to come because, Lord, I'm ready. Listen, sometimes in the work of God and being faithful to God, you're going to get tired. You're going to get you're going to get wore out. You might even get a little discouraged and and depressed about how things are going. But if you're watching for Jesus Christ, if you're waiting for His coming. You're going to keep on going because hey, I want to be ready when He returns. I mean, think about this. My dad always gave this example. What if, what if the day that you decided to quit, the day that you gave up, was the day that the Lord returned? Can you imagine what that would be like? He always said it would be like if a man was out digging for a buried treasure and he's digging and he's digging and he's just wore out from digging and finally he gives up. He throws the shovel down and he leaves and somebody else comes along. Stick the shovel in one time. And they find the hit the treasure. That's what it's going to be like for some people. They're going to give up right at the last minute. We can't do that. We've got to we've got to be watching. And there there are some though. They're watching because they know they know they're doing wrong. They know that they're not ready, and they're concerned. But they're not they're not one to repent. They love their sin too much. They're not going to give it up. But then there's others that literally have just fallen asleep. They're not, they're not even thinking about the coming of Christ. It's the farthest thing from their mind. 
That's why they don't want to come to church because they're going to be reminded of it. That's why they don't want to read their Bible because they're going to be reminded of it. They don't want to think about what's coming because they know that they're not ready. It's like an example too when maybe you're going to go for a physical and you know, oh man, this probably isn't going to be good. Man, I haven't, I haven't been exercising. I haven't been eating right. I, my doctor's not going to be happy when I get there. And, and you dread going there because you, you know you're not ready. You know, and uh, it's, it's not a good feeling. And that's where many people are spiritually today. But we cannot fall asleep. We've got to be watching. We've always got to be ready. There may, there's, there's going to be things that when the Master returns that He's going to find that He's not going to like. And if we're going to do the job that Christ wants us to do, we've got to always be watching and anticipating the coming of Christ. It's something we've got to we've got to stay focused on, and we've got to think about that. That is my responsibility right now. Is I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to occupy till He comes. I'm supposed to be serving. I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be living for God. I've always thought you know we I thought it'd be neat maybe someday you know we ought, we ought to make a new holiday and call it the uh, Rapture Eve and just have a day. Where we all live exactly, we we all do what we would do if the Lord is going to be coming the next day. That's all. That's all we do. Have you ever thought about what what would I do? Well, there's some people I probably witnessed to. Well, you know, why don't we do that now? Why wait? Well, there's there's some things that I've been doing that I wouldn't do. Well, how about we quit doing those things now? Why don't we? The, the truth is that shouldn't be a once a year holiday. It ought to be a lifestyle. Something we do every day. The uh, crown for those who love His appearing. There's some people today, they don't like preaching on the coming of Christ. It's not something they want to think about. Why? Because they're not ready for it. Then there's others who love it because they are. They're, they're looking for Christ to come. I mean, you know, even, you know, every once in a while, I'll be driving along, you'll see those real cloudy days. And I think about that verse. In the Bible that says they'll be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I was with the boys the other day and it was real pretty clouds. I was like, man, this looks like a good day for the rapture to come. And you know what? I'm looking for it. I remember one, there was one time I was driving. I don't know exactly how it's all going to work. I don't know if we're going to get any glimpses of anything. I mean, it's going to happen just like that. But I remember one day I was driving down the interstate. I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden I see this light in the sky. And it, it was it was an unusual light. It was still pretty light out. It wasn't like a shooting star. And that thing was, I mean, it was moving fast, it was moving quick, and it was big. And I remember I saw that, and I remember the first thought popped in my mind: Is that the Lord coming back? And I started to pull over because I thought, man, if He raptures me out of here, my car is going to go flying into somebody. And I did. I started to pull over, and it kind of disappeared. I was like. I hope I didn't get left behind. <laughs> but, but I don't think it's. It turned out there was there was a satellite. I guess a lot of people had seen there was a satellite somewhere that had crashed, and uh, I got to see. But I remember thinking, man, what? A, that that would be, that'd be awesome. Can, can you imagine knowing the day that that was going to happen? Imagine if we knew that. I mean, with all that we have to look forward to in heaven, to be able to see Jesus Christ. A face to face to know that that was the, to, if we could know that that was going to happen tomorrow, I cannot even imagine 
the excitement. I can't imagine how thrilling that would be, but the truth is, it could be today. It could be today, and we ought to always be excited about that. It may not be today. It may not be for another hundred years. I may go to the grave before that happens, but the truth is, it could happen, and I'm excited about that. And I want to be ready for it. And I hope that I hope that you will too. I hope that you're looking for the coming of Christ. I hope that you will take the time to search your life and ask yourself, hey, what what's in my life that I need to get rid of? What's not in my life that I need to add in? There's some folks that they're missing the very most the most important thing, and they don't have, is that's Jesus Christ in their heart. If that's the case, they're going to miss it completely, and that's. Definitely not something you want. The Bible said another way God explains in the Bible says, Blessed are they that keep their garments. It's going to be uh, unless He comes suddenly and He finds them naked. God tells us we always need we always need to be ready spiritually. And there's going to be some folks that He turns they're they're just they're not ready. And while I believe that the Lord's going to take them. But they're going to stand before him on judgment day, and there's going to be a lot of regrets. Man, I wish, I wish I had been ready for this. I wish I had been prepared. Boy, I missed the greatest opportunity any was ever given—the opportunity to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We have that opportunity right now. Right now, we have it. Christ has not come yet. I don't know what it's going to be. We're still here. We've still got time to do something. And I hope that you'll do that. So let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.